1: away. About that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown the Lord show me the way.
0: Now we'll move on to the uh, New Testament reading. First uh, Peter uh, three verses eighteen through twenty-two. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which is, uh, which is prefigured, now, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks
2: be to God. Our gospel reading today comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came for, came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time was fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe... In the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. You, God. Let's pray. Lord, I will come to you today thanking you and praising you for who you are and all you do. We know about you through your signs that you've given us and through the promises you make, and we know of your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that the words that I say today are the words you want me to say, and that we hear the words you want us to hear, and that we're not only hearers of your word, but we're doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I like the Gospel of Mark. I mean, I don't know if it's bad to say but it's almost like the cliff notes of the Gospels, in that it goes through and it tells the story of Jesus' life. Without a whole lot of elaboration on some of them, like the other Gospels do. But it is a great overview of, of Jesus' life and ministry. Brian's mentioned it before of, if you want to start a Bible reading and, uh, and just some place to start is, is uh, the Gospel of Mark. And that you do get the big picture. And uh, I took the first lay speakers class I took, uh, not going to say how many years ago because I probably can't even really remember. But uh, Cass Hutchison taught that class. I don't know if any of you knew him or remembered him, but it was, and he talked about that of, if you have someone new to the faith, tell them to read the Gospel of Mark, because it does give you that big picture and and pretty action-packed, and it goes from one thing to another thing to another thing. And our passage today does that. We have Jesus coming and getting baptized. Then he goes in the wilderness, and then he takes off on his ministry, so it's pretty fast-moving and and pretty exciting. When I got up yesterday morning, I was looking outside at the snow-covered ground, and I couldn't help but reflect on the greatness of God. He's constantly showing us his presence in his creation. As I looked out the window, drinking my coffee, I, could see, I, I couldn't see—I could see the mess of fallen limbs and leaves in the backyard that I hadn't cleaned up, or the mess in my garden that I'd neglected putting to bed for the winter. All I could see was a white layer of snow, making everything look so clean and pure. I couldn't help but reflect on the purity of Jesus, the sinless Son of God, that came and took away my sins. God made a promise a long time ago in Isaiah. And he's, he's, his, his words full of promises. But this one really struck me yesterday. The one from Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Where he says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Jesus's righteousness and purity covers my sin and my messiness. Just like that snow covers covered my messy backyard. But the great thing with Jesus's righteousness and God's grace is it doesn't melt away like that snow does. Our passage in 1 Peter tells us that once and for all, Jesus suffered for sins once and for all. He's taken care of it. So we have that, those promises from God. And as we look at promises, we always kind of have to realize that a promise is only as reliable as the one who makes it. And I know God is faithful in fulfilling his promises. I was also reflecting on our scripture passage, our gospel passage here in Mark, and I was wondering, since Jesus was a sinless, pure son of God, why did he feel the need to be baptized by John? John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus had no sins to repent of, yet he went to John to be baptized. Why was that? I'm, I always ask why on stuff, and I'm, I question things a lot. And, and so I started researching it to try to see what others thought about why Jesus would get a baptism of repentance. And I came across several explanations, and I'll share some of them with you here this morning. The first one was that it was kind of a, a timeline thing. It set a new timeline. Jesus and John were Jews. John's baptism was something new, and it's not uh, just—it wasn't—it was a baptism of repentance, but it was also a baptism proclaiming that the kingdom of God was at hand. John said that the kingdom of God's at hand, and that Jesus was the embodiment of that kingdom. Jesus was a living, breathing example of that kingdom. He was baptized to show that he was the one bringing that kingdom to earth. Another explanation could be that Jesus' baptism was a way for him to identify with sinners. It was a way for him to identify with us. We need that public declaration of our repentance. And Jesus was showing by example the need to, to declare publicly that we have repented and accepted God's forgiveness, that we get through baptism. Baptism has become a sacrament or a sacred moment that we have where we we do publicly profess our faith in God and turn from our sins. A third explanation kind of made me go, huh, and kind of think on was, it was a way for Jesus to feel some of what he was going to be taking on on the cross. John had been baptizing people for a while, and Jesus could feel those sins as he went into the water. There was a preparation for him. And what he was going to experience later. I don't know. But there are others. But the main point is that Jesus was led by the Father to be baptized, and he was. He was obedient. This is also an interesting time at Jesus' baptism where we see the triune God, all three persons of the Trinity in one place at one time. Jesus is being baptized. The Holy Spirit descends upon him. And if you look at the original language here, it didn't just say, it doesn't mean just descended on him, but entered into him. The Holy Spirit entered into him at his baptism. And you have God the Father there at the same time, saying, you're my son the beloved, with you I'm well pleased. We have all three persons of the Trinity there at one time. And we do know that Jesus did what the Father called him to do. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And like I said, repentance isn't necessarily just turning from sin. That's an important part of it. Repentance is turning away from sin. That's something we don't, it's sad to say, but we don't hear a whole lot about in our modern world. The importance of repentance and turning away from sin. And that is a very important part of repentance, but I think it goes a little bit deeper than that in repentance. and. and I want to take it just a step further in suggesting that repentance also means doing what God's called us to do. It's turning away from our sin. If we're turning away from our sin. What are we going to turn to? We turn to God's will and doing what God's calling us to do. And so Jesus' baptism was following the Father in the preparation to start his ministry. And here Mark takes us, the Spirit takes us into another story. The Spirit takes him directly to the wilderness to be tested. Have you been in a wilderness in your life? Are you in a wilderness now? Just because you're in a wilderness doesn't mean that you're sinning too much. But you can be in a self-imposed Wilderness, if you want to put yourself out there and dwell there and be non repentant, being in a wilderness doesn't necessarily mean that God's left you, it definitely doesn't mean that God's left you. Sometimes we're taken to the wilderness for testing, sometimes we're taken to the wilderness to get ready for the next great thing or ministry God's inviting us to join him in. Mark's gospel doesn't go into a whole lot of detail about Jesus' temptations and testing by Satan, like Matthew and Luke's gospels do. But we do know that he was tempted, and it was, he was able to overcome those temptations with God's word. Mark's account, though, does make mention that he may have had to face wild beasts, wild animals while he's in the wilderness. The other two Gospels don't mention that. I went back and looked because I'm like, sure. But Mark's Gospel makes that that while he was in the wilderness, there were wild beasts. What are your wild beasts that are in your wilderness? that you have to overcome. Is it loneliness? Is it a physical infirmity? Is it greed? Is it pride? Is it envy or lust? Or an addiction? There's a lot of beasts out there in the wilderness. And each and every one of our wilderness is full of beasts. But we can be assured By this passage and this story of Jesus' experience, God is faithful and will send his angels to help us through. As I get older, I've come to realize that we have seasons in our lives, just like we have seasons on our calendar. Seasons change. Some are short. Some are longer. I had a season doing ministry in McDowell County. That hasn't stopped, but it's changed some. I had a season in my career for over 30 years that has changed some. And as we look at this story today, Jesus was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Seasons changed, and immediately he was taken to the wilderness to be tested. Then seasons changed, and he started his ministry saying... The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. So as we go through Lent, today is the first Sunday of Lent. So as we go through Lent, prepare for a change of seasons. If you pray for a filling of the Holy Spirit, prepare for a season of testing and growth to get you ready for what God has in store for you next. God has many promises in his word. It isn't so important as to how many promises there are as it is that God is faithful in fulfilling all of his promises. All of them. God is faithful. As we look at our Old Testament reading today, God honored his covenant And his promise to Noah and all living beings and and the whole world. We know that when we see a rainbow of God's faithful and his covenants. He honored his promise to Abraham and Sarah to give him a son in their old age. He honored his promises to the Israelites during their exile from Egypt. He will honor his promise to you and me for the forgiveness of our sins if we're faithful in making Jesus Lord of our life. God is faithful. And he knew we couldn't do it on our own. He made a way through Jesus Christ to be in relationship with him and have salvation and live with him forever. In our reading from 1 Peter today, we see that for Christ also suffered for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. In order to bring you to God, he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And like I said, the validity of a promise is dependent upon the character and nature of the one making the promise. God's holy, God's just, God loves us, God never changes. Or breaks a promise. And again, God's made many, many promises, and He's been faithful in all of them. Because of His faithfulness, we know that we can be that He can be trusted. It's through Jesus we receive salvation. It's through Jesus we receive life. That's the good news of God. That Jesus came to proclaim. It's the good news that our scripture passage tells us we need to believe. And it's the good news that we need to proclaim every day in word and deed. So if you're in a wilderness, or you come to a wilderness, and you're facing wild beasts, or temptations draw near to Jesus he's been there he understands and hear God saying to you you're my son you're my daughter I love you repent of your sins put your trust in me I'm faithful Praise be to God. Amen.
1: since his presence and I knew All, around. All around. John! His spirit, like a dove, will descend upon you.